You're listening to Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. Each week, we will be bringing you a pub quiz style program with five rounds of varying themes consisting of eight questions each. We also start every episode with a bonus anagram, which will be due at the end of the episode after the answers for round five. If you'd like, we have a PDF scoring sheet available on our website, TriviaTimePodcast.com, which you can use to answer along. Each correct answer will be worth one point unless specified otherwise. Get together with your trivia team or play solo, at home, or on the go, because it's trivia time. Welcome to episode 109 of Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show, and our Halloween special. I am your host, Kelly Scarin, and I am joined by our special guest co-host, Zach Black Cats, ah. and our quiz master, Ricky Slime. Boo. <laughs> hi, booze. I mean, hi. This is going to be a fun one. I'm so glad that you could join us again, Zach. Hey, guys. Yeah. Do you guys have your costumes picked out? I do not have one. I don't know that I'll be dressing up. Womp womp. Boo hiss. I'm at a wedding. <laughs> My oldest sister, Maggie, got married on Halloween. And it was funny because half the guests were in costumes and half were not. So it was just like a Grim Reaper sitting next to a dude in a suit. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Very confusing. I love that. Uh, we're going to be Barb and Star from Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Cute. So good. I love that. Our mutual friend Nicole and I are going as Divine and John Waters. Obviously, I'm going to be John Waters. Brilliant. <laughs> you all have really good costumes. I'm jealous. It's not too late, Kel. I'll be wedding patron in a dress. <laughs> and speaking of Halloween... You only have one more week to check out our October visual round, which features celebrities in costumes. We'll reveal those answers next week. And just a few shout outs before we get going on our spooky fun. We had two new patrons this past week. Huge thanks to both Christopher and Bob for becoming patrons. Bob made a very generous donation to our program, so I really appreciate that. Also, we had a new five-star review. I don't know how to quite pronounce this username. How about all three of us try at the same time? I'm going to count us off. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. We appreciate your kind words and always love when people take the time to show their love on iTunes. Thank you all. All right, it's time to get to our bonus anagram of the week. This will be due at the end of our program, so you have plenty of time to work on it. Our bonus anagram this week is Relent Dong Rub. R-E-L-E-N-T-D-O-N-G-R-U-B. And the question that goes with this anagram is, who portrayed Freddy Krueger in the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Moving on to round one. Kicking off our Halloween episode, round number one is called Eek. This general knowledge round contains answers that all include the word eek, or the letters E-E-K, in order. Question number one. Taking stage in 2021, who is the first Canadian solo artist to headline the Super Bowl halftime show? 
Question number two. What Judd Apatow critic-loved flop TV series launched the careers of stars like James Franco, Seth Rogen, and Jason Segel? Question number three. What hobby and livelihood is also known as apiculture? Question number four. Also the title of a duets album between Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, what song written by Irving Berlin did musical star Fred Astaire sing to his frequent co-star Ginger Rogers in the movie Top Hat? Question number five. In Harry Potter, a Quidditch team consists of seven players, three chasers, two beaters, the keeper, and what? Question number six. What Jamaican reggae musician had international hits with the albums Economics in 1988 and Unique in 1991? Question number seven. What Catherine Dunn novel about a traveling circus did Tim Burton buy the rights to in the 1990s, only to have Warner Brothers purchase the adaptation rights indefinitely? Question number eight. What rapper's legal battles, trivial parole violations, and biased judge were the subject of a 2019 Amazon Prime video documentary executive produced by the rapper himself and Jay-Z. We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round one, eek. Question number one. The first Canadian solo artist to headline the Super Bowl halftime show in 2021 was The Weeknd. And I think it was one of the weaker Super Bowl halftime shows. <laughs> I was like waiting for some cool collabs or something. All of the masks in choreo was over the top and I didn't really love the drama. I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Yeah, agreed. Meh. Meh. I was very lukewarm on it as well. I always just like it when other artists from other genres drop in and join the party. And I don't think he had any of that. It was just him. There wasn't even the left shark. Boo. Bring back left shark. Yeah, bring back that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Question number two. The Judd Apatow critic loved flop that launched the careers of stars like James Franco and Seth Rogen was... Freaks and Geeks. Question number three. The hobby and livelihood, also known as apiculture, is beekeeping. Honeybees are in the genus Apis. I might get into it if the suits came in black. Why do they always have to be white? I have no idea. It would be COVID friendly. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. Question number four. The song written by Irving Berlin that Fred Astaire sang to Ginger Rogers in the movie Top Hat 
is cheek to cheek. Don't get too excited, Zach. Not those cheeks. That's how me and Justin sleep every night. Aww. Moon landing. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five. In Harry Potter, a Quidditch team consists of seven players, three chasers, two beaters, a keeper, and a seeker. Question number six. The Jamaican reggae musician with the hit albums Economics and Unique is Eka Mouse. All of those names are hilarious. Not having ever listened to him, I'm a big fan. <laughs> this round was like made for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Economics, so good. <laughs> Had to be included. Question number seven. The Catherine Dunn novel about a traveling circus that Tim Burton bought the rights to is geek love. Question number eight. The legally troubled rapper who was the subject of a 2019 documentary executive produced by himself and Jay-Z is Meek Mill. Hey, Cal. Yeah. Do you remember when Meek Mill challenged Drake to some rap off and got schooled? Yeah, but their beef has blown over, so. (laughs) Okay, okay. Drake is now focusing his energy on Kanye exclusively. Oh, do they have beef? Big time. Lots of diss tracks. My vote is still for Drake. Always. Sorry, guys. We're being so rude. His name is Yee now. That's true. Name change. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Taking on Drake is a bold career move. Meh. Don't even. <laughs> Zach's going to step to Drake. <laughs> I don't know. You heard that meh? That was fighting words. <laughs> yeah. I don't see it. Ugh. I feel like anybody that's popular at all, like Madonna or Drake, you're like, everybody likes him, so I don't. We know this. That's not necessarily true, because I do love Adele. Adele? Everybody likes Adele. <laughs> Adele. <laughs> Moving on to round two. There's some hoes in the house. Round number two is our audio round. This one is called Horrors in the House. It is a spooky music round of songs with creepy titles. You will get a half point for song title and a half point for recording artist. One. Five. This goes don't 
open to after dark. And it ain't till 12 till the party really starts. And I always had to be home by 10, right before the fun was about to begin. Crowds of people lined up inside and out, just for one reason, to rock the house. But in the daytime, the streets were clear. You couldn't find a good freak anywhere. Six. Seven. Here are the answers for round two, Horrors in the House. Song number one was Mo Murda by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Song number two was Midnight City by M83. Song number three was A Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Song number four was Demons by Imagine Dragons. Song number five was Freaks Come Out at Night by Houdini. Song number six was Running Scared by Roy Orbison. Song number seven was Runnin' with the Devil by Van Halen. And song number eight was Spellbound by Susie and the Banshees. I'm loving a lot of these horrors in the house. Yeah, this is an eclectic collection. Roy Orbison is my soulmate. I do love some bone thugs. I'm going to skip over Van Halen, sorry. (laughs) Midnight City is a great song, but my favorite is obviously Spellbound by Susie and the Banshees because she's phenomenal. Totally shape-shifted my musical tastes when I was a young lad. (laughs) Y'all should look up Susie Sue's makeup if you're interested in contouring and you only have two colors (laughs) she's the best moving on to round three round number three is called 100% that witch your eye of newt will come in handy with this classic subject round all about witchcraft question number one what was the collective name given to the three witches in Shakespeare's Macbeth Question number two. 
What was the name of the witch-themed American Horror Story TV series that featured everyone's favorite witchy woman, Stevie Nicks, appearing alongside Kathy Bates and Sarah Paulson? Question number three. Speaking of witchy women, what American rock band released the hit song Witchy Woman in 1972? Question number four. There are two common terms for male witches. List both for a half point each. Hint, both names start with a W. Question number five. What decade did the Salem witch trials take place? Hint, James VII reigned in England. Question number six. Portrayed by Adina Menzel in the musical adaptation, what is the name of the green witch in Wicked, the illegitimate daughter of the Wizard of Oz? Question number seven. Represented by the Wheel of the Year, witches celebrate eight holidays annually. List one of them for a point. Question number eight. What 1987 film starred Michelle Pfeiffer, Cher, and Susan Sarandon as a trio of witches? We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round three, 100% that witch. Question number one, the collective name given to the three witches in Macbeth are the Weird Sisters or the Wayward Sisters. I know that neither of you two are musically inclined, but if you wanted to start a band with me, I would gladly accept you as a trio and we could call ourselves either of these names. These are very solid names. Yeah. I wish I played an instrument or at any musical aptitude. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Question number two. The name of the witch-themed American Horror Story TV series that featured Stevie Nicks was American Horror Story Coven. So I've enjoyed all of the American Crime Story series and have not really taken to a lot of the AHS series. I heard that Coven was the best, though. It's amazing. Yeah, this was a good one. You cannot go wrong with Kathy Bates, Stevie Nicks, and Sarah Paulson. I'm sorry. It's so good. Speaking of Sarah Paulson, she is portraying an incredible Linda Tripp in the impeachment series that is on right now. I'm dying every week. So good. So good. So good. That last episode was incredible. Just give her an Emmy right now. Yeah, she's so good. Question number three. The American rock band who released the 1972 hit song, Witchy Woman, is the Eagles. Speaking of Stevie Nicks, 
It's funny because I recently learned that Stevie Nicks and Don Henley had a relationship together. I mean, I feel like Stevie Nicks definitely got around good for her back then. So it didn't surprise me. But I was like, ooh, I wonder if Witchy Woman was about her. And I don't think it was only based on the lyrics, Raven Hair. Maybe that was just to throw us off. Well, I'm thrown. Question number four. You needed to list two common terms for male witches for a half point each, and they are warlocks and wizards. Too badass. I fancy myself a warlock. How about you, Zach? I'm more of a wizard. I feel like warlocks seem like dark magic. (laughs) Right. Oh, well, that explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five. The decade that the Salem witch trials took place was the 1690s. I still can't believe this is like a real thing. (laughs) Like this is so embarrassing and so sad. It's so weird. (laughs) Question number six. The name of the green witch in the musical Wicked, the illegitimate daughter of the Wizard of Oz, is Elphaba. So I'm not a big musical person. I'm offended already. (laughs) Two steps back, Zach. But I love Wicked so much. I've seen it multiple times. I've seen Adam Lambert in the role of Fiero. I've seen Adele Dazeem in the role of Elphaba, (laughs) Adina Menzel. And I've also seen Kristen Chenoweth play glinda i love wicked i think it's one of the best shows yeah wicked's great question number seven you needed to list one of eight annual holidays celebrated by witches according to the wheel of the year and they are yule imbolc ostara beltane letha Samhain, lamas and maybun pardon any pronunciation errors there kick us out of the coven (laughs) <laughs> no, do not kick us out of the covenant. You guys get kicked out. I'm still in. Ooh. <laughs> Samhain sort of inspired and became Halloween. So if you wrote Halloween, you get a half point. Oh, how generous of us. Mm. And if you wrote Christmas and Easter, you are wrong. Sorry, Stevie Nicks. Don't hate me. <laughs> she will rise and get you. Question number eight. The 1987 film starring Michelle Pfeiffer, Cher, and Susan Sarandon as a trio of witches is The Witches of Eastwick. I do feel like Cher went through that witchy phase with like Moonstruck and then The Witches of Eastwick. I think it was the whole Dark Lady phase. Some of Cher's best work. Although I was watching this interview where Meryl Streep was talking about how she turned 40 and was offered like three roles as witches in the same year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cher had just turned 40. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Moving on to round four. Round number four is called R.I.P. Take this celebrity round to the grave. This round is on famous epitaphs. Question number one. Nicknamed the man of a thousand voices, what voice actor's grave features the porky pig catchphrase? That's all, folks. Question number two. What comedic entertainer and easy money actor behind the catchphrase, I don't get no respect, opted for the epitaph, There Goes the Neighborhood, a reference to a joke he made after buying the burial plot? Question number three. Born Douglas Glenn Colvin, 
what bassist and punk rock icon battled a heroin addiction until his fatal overdose in 2002. His tombstone references his band's hit song, Let's Go, and reads, Okay, I gotta go now. Who is he? Question number four. What eccentric American poet and author of Hope is the Thing with Feathers has a tombstone that originally read, called back, a quote from her final letter to her cousins. Question number five. What blue-eyed former husband of Mia Farrow and Ava Gardner has an epitaph that reads, The Best is Yet to Come, the title of the last song he performed in public? Question number six. What German-American author once referred to as the laureate of American lowlife by Time magazine, who authored such books as Notes of a Dirty Old Man and Ham on Rye, has an epitaph considered to be part of his personal philosophy and simply reads, Don't try. Question number seven. What country legend and man behind the alter ego, Luke the Drifter, passed away at 29 from drug and alcohol abuse and has a gravestone that reads, I'll never get out of this world alive, an ironic and humorous title of his hit song, released posthumously. Question number eight. What TV show host and creator of Jeopardy! and Wheel of Fortune, has an epitaph that pokes fun at his career and reads, I will not be back right after this message. We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round four, RIP. Question number one. The voice actor with the grave that features the Porky Pig catchphrase, that's all folks, is Mel Blanc. I think the only voice actor that has come close to his talent is Hank Azaria, in my opinion. But Mel Blanc's grave is at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, if you want to go see it. Oh, I didn't know that. Question number two. The comedic entertainer behind the catchphrase, I don't get no respect, with an epitaph that reads, there goes the neighborhood, is Rodney Dangerfield. Speaking of Hank Azaria and speaking of The Simpsons, I always felt like Rodney Dangerfield looked like a Simpsons character personified. Yeah, I could see that. Question number three. The iconic punk bassist with a tombstone referencing his band's hit song, Let's Go, is Didi Ramone. A few fun facts would be that he was actually the original lead singer of the Ramones, but he didn't know how to play and sing at the same time. I don't know how to do either. <laughs> That's why you're kicked out of the Wayward Sisters. <laughs> Aww, womp womp. But he is also buried at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and there's like the statue of him 
playing bass on his tombstone with that quote. It's kind of fun. Question number four. The eccentric American poet with a tombstone that read called back is Emily Dickinson. Especially in her later years, I think she also sort of embodied spooky spirit. She was also known as the lady in white because she would only wear white. Kind of ghost-like. It is, totally. I do like this epitaph because it's so, no pun intended, cryptic. Totally. And the exact opposite aesthetic as our quiz master. (laughs) Hashtag guilty. Question number five. The blue-eyed crooner with the epitaph, The Best is Yet to Come, the title of the last song he performed in public, is Frank Sinatra. I feel like that one's kind of sad. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a positive outlook on the afterlife. It's like, uh, we hope. (laughs) Question number six. The author of Notes of a Dirty Old Man and Ham on Rye, who has an epitaph that reads, Don't Try, is Charles Bukowski. Have you guys ever read any Bukowski? No. No. It's pretty nuts. I did go through a phase. Another one of his well-known titles is, calm down, Zach, it is called, Erections, Ejaculations, Exhibitions, and General Tales of Ordinary Madness. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was a piece of work. Fun. Question number seven. The country legend with a gravestone that reads, I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive, an ironic and humorous title of one of his hit songs, is Hank Williams. This one is also really sad just because he died so young. Kind of a bummer all around. Not that this was going to be like an uplifting round on dead people. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Halloween, y'all. I'm going to take you to the cemetery. A fun fact is one of the cemeteries in Long Beach is called the Sunnyside Cemetery. We have to go. It's the best, yeah. Question number eight. The TV show host and creator of Jeopardy, with an epitaph that reads, I will not be right back after this message, is Merv Griffin. Womp, womp, womp. Yikes. <laughs> I still watch Jeopardy. My MBLX has been killing it lately. She's doing a great job. But a fun fact is that Merv Griffin also composed the song for the final Jeopardy question. You know, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And it's called Think. Fun facts. Cute. Moving on to round five. So as always, round number five is our connection round. It is a series of seven seemingly unrelated questions and answers that are somehow connected. So the answer to number eight will be the connection. Question number one. What singer and YouTube sensation found herself in the spotlight when the 2011 song and video for Friday went viral. Later that year, she made an appearance in Katy Perry's video for the hit TGIF last Friday night. Who is she? Question number two. Coming in a rainbow of colors, what is the official birthstone for the month of November? Question number three. What 2018 Post Malone hit featured Ty Dolla Sign and included the profound lyrics, My roof looked like a no-show, got diamonds by the boatload, come with the Tony Romo for clowns and all the bozos. 
Question number four. If you have triskaidekaphobia, what exactly are you afraid of? Question number five. Written and composed by Richard Wagner over the course of 26 years, what is the collection of four music operas that is based on characters from Germanic heroic legends and considered to be the highest challenge to take on by any opera company? Question number six. Over the course of 12 seasons, what crime drama television series did Angela Lansbury receive nominations for 12 Emmy Awards and 10 Golden Globes? Question number seven. Featuring bad piggies as the antagonists, what media franchise inspired by the game Crush the Castle includes one of the most successful mobile apps of all time. It's connection time, and question number eight is the connection between the answers for questions one through seven. We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. And just as a reminder, the bonus anagram will be due at the end of this round. Here are the answers for round five, our connection round. Question number one, the YouTube sensation behind the 2011 viral hit Friday is Rebecca Black. This was a weird time. <laughs> well, I had no idea who she was, but I'm also not a millennial. You guys were probably all over that, right? Yeah. Oh, I definitely know all the words to this song. Oh my gosh, I've never heard it. <laughs> it wasn't particularly good. <laughs> Question number two. The official birthstone for the month of November is Topaz. Pop quiz, Kelly and Zach, do you guys know your monthly birthstones? <laughs> yes, Topaz. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do know that, too. Kelly's got a birthday coming up. Zach, what's your birthstone? Uh, amethyst. Ooh. Mine is peridot or peridot. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, it's lime green. No big deal. Ooh, I like that. Question number three. The Post Malone Ty Dolla Sign hit with the lyrics, Come with the Tony Romo for clowns and all the bozos, is Psycho. Can we just give them a Pulitzer Prize right now for these incredible lyrics? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Question number four. If you have triskaidekaphobia, you are afraid of the number 13. I don't have this. It's my favorite. You like it, Kel? Well, it's your birthday. It's my birthday. I love that like those hotels that like don't even have a 13th floor. Like, come on. Give us what we want. <laughs> Give us what we want. <laughs> I do have all the other phobias. True. This is like the one I skipped. <laughs> Question number five. Whoa, guys. Did you hear that? What was it? Guys, don't be scared. I got you. Ah. <laughs> Watch out, Meryl. <laughs> I think that was actually just a triple tater. Which means if you correctly answer this question, you will receive three points instead of one. 
The epic Richard Wagner collection of music operas that is based on characters from Germanic heroic legend is The Ring of the Nibelung, or simply The Ring. Question number six. The TV series that Angela Lansbury received 12 Emmy nominations for and 10 Golden Globe nominations was Murder, She Wrote. My favorite. A fun fact is I had a friend that was a dental assistant and she gave me a dental mold of Angela Lansbury and it turns out that Angela Lansbury's name is actually Angela Shaw and it is written on the side of her dental mold. (laughs) Am I creepy? Is that creepy? (laughs) That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The strangest souvenir that you cannot buy. You know what I mean? Oh my God. That's amazing. Question number seven. Featuring Bad Piggies as the antagonist, the media franchise that is one of the most successful mobile apps of all time is Angry Birds. So I never got into Angry Birds, but I did lose a couple months of my life to Candy Crush. Sweet. Oh, Candy Crush was far more addictive for me, too. Tasty. <laughs> right? It was very soothing. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Divine. And question number eight is the connection between the answers for questions one through seven. And we had answers like Rebecca Black, Topaz, Psycho, the number 13, The Ring of the Nibelung, or simply The Ring, Murder, She Wrote, and Angry Birds. And all of those answers include Hitchcock film titles. Sweet. They sure do. Some old school scary stuff. Absolutely. Which brings us to our bonus round that was inspired by our connection round. Before we circle back to our anagram of the week, let's move on to our very spooktacular round six. Spooktacular indeed. (laughs) Moving on to round six. Round number six is called Dial M&Ms for Murder. Trick or treat. This bonus round consists of monstrous mashups and portmanteaus that combine a title of a scary movie and a type of candy. A word will either be added or replaced in the film title to create these mashups. So an example would be the title of this round, Dial M&M's for Murder, which combines Dial M for Murder, which is another Hitchcock film title, and M&M's. Question number one. Enjoy this chocolate bar with peanuts, caramel, and nougat in a shimmery wrapper while you watch this 1986 classic horror film starring Mia Farrow that was written and directed by Roman Polanski. Question number two. Bite into this gooey round Easter favorite while you watch the 1996 Halloween favorite Directed by Wes Craven with an unforgettable Drew Barrymore scene. Question number three. Based on the 1886 Robert Louis Stevenson novel, this dueling good and evil pair of characters resulting from multiple personality disorder was adapted to a feature film in 2002 that you may want to enjoy with a milk chocolate bar with peanuts and a yellow wrapper. Question number four. Let's do the time warp back to 1975 
to enjoy this campy cult classic starring Tim Curry while we feast on a box of the Japanese-based Thin Biscuit Sticks dipped in chocolate. Question number five. Pledge your vows to Samara, the villain of the 2002 remake of a Japanese film of the same name, while you suck on this fruity gem you can wear on your finger. Question number six. Chomp into this salty caramel bar rolled in peanuts while you watch the George Romero 1985 post-apocalyptic horror film classic, the third title in the series. Question number seven. Marie Tussaud would have loved this next combo. Pucker up with this chewy, questionably edible novelty sweet resembling a mouth while you enjoy the first color 3D feature film that starred Vincent Price as a disfigured sculptor. Question number eight. This 1984 horror classic based on a Stephen King novel that features the tagline, and a child shall lead them, would be the perfect pairing with the Halloween favorite tri-colored bite-size sweet treat. We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round six. Dial M&M's for murder. Tasty. Question number one. The clue was, enjoy this chocolate bar with peanuts, caramel, and nougat in a metallic wrapper while you watch this 1986 classic horror film starring Mia Farrow that was written and directed by Roman Polanski. And the answer is, Rosemary's Baby Ruth. Combining Rosemary's Baby and Baby Ruth. Well, I will say that the first time I watched Rosemary's Baby, I almost let out a baby Ruth, if you know what I mean. Delicious. <laughs> Gross. It was scary. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just kidding. I didn't. This is telling jokes. Question number two. The clue was, bite into this gooey round Easter favorite while you watch the 1996 Halloween favorite directed by Wes Craven with an unforgettable Drew Barrymore scene, and the answer is Cadbury Scream Eggs, combining Cadbury Cream Eggs with Scream. I almost let out a cream egg when I was watching that scene. Divine. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I didn't. <laughs> Gross. Oh, my God. Is that going to be what you say for all of these? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping candy bombs? I've seen a troubling trend. Question number three. The clue was... Based on the 1886 Robert Louis Stevenson novel, this dueling good and evil pair of characters resulting from multiple personality disorders was adapted into a feature film in 2002 that you may want to enjoy with a milk chocolate bar with peanuts and a yellow wrapper. And the answer is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Goodbar, combining Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 
with Mr. Good Bar. Oh, those are like the little Halloween bars. Yeah, there were some little guys, yeah. But I've never had a full one. You've never had a full Mr.? No, I don't know if it's like a Mr. Good Bar. It's more like a Mr. All Right Bar, if you ask me. Opinions. We all have them. Right? Question number four. Let's do the time warp back to 1975 to enjoy the campy cult classic starring Tim Curry while we feast on a box of the Japanese-based Thin Biscuit Sticks dipped in chocolate. And the answer is the Pocky Horror Picture Show. Combining the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Pocky. Question number five. The clue was, pledge your vows to Samara, the villain of the 2002 remake of a Japanese film of the same name, while you suck on this fruity gem you can wear on your finger. And the answer is, the ring pop. Combining the ring with ring pop. Question number six. The clue was... Chomp into this salty caramel bar rolled in peanuts while you watch the George Romero 1985 post-apocalyptic horror film classic, the third title in the series, and the answer is Payday of the Dead, combining Payday with Day of the Dead. I will chomp down on a payday any old day. I love me some salt. Tasty. So good. Very good. Question number seven. The clue was... Pucker up with this chewy, questionably edible novelty sweet resembling a mouth while you enjoy the first color 3D feature film that starred Vincent Price as a disfigured sculptor. And the answer is House of Wax Lips. Combining House of Wax with Wax Lips. These are disgusting. Who eats these? Yeah, these are totally nasty. And I also hate those little bottles. What are they like? Nico nips or something. Nippo nips that are wax with just like this sugar juice inside. Yes. It's nasty. So gross. So gross. I don't want any wax can. That's not. No. Mm-mm. So gross. I don't know if I've ever eaten one. No, no. Not a friend of the show. No. Question number eight. The clue was. This 1984 horror classic based on a Stephen King novel that features the tagline and a child shall lead them, would be a perfect pairing with the Halloween favorite tri-colored bite-sized sweet treat. And the answer is children of the candy corn, combining children of the corn with candy corn. Returning to our bonus anagram of the week, our bonus anagram this week was relent dong rub. Excuse me, Kelly? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you relenting? (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not relentless. Oh, my. You know, everything has a timeline. The question that went with this anagram was, who portrayed Freddy Krueger in the original Nightmare on Elm Street? And the answer is Robert Englund. Relent Dong Rub scrambles up to be Robert Englund. Well, it was fun to have the whole coven together for this spooky Halloween episode. Super fun. I feel like we all love the Halloween episode, so hopefully we have more in the future. Am I right? Yay. Duh. (laughs) Big thanks to all of our listeners for all of your support, and we hope that you all have a safe and fun Halloween. Happy hauntings. Boo. And Elvira's gay. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Woo. Join the coven. Yes. (laughs) We're going to jump you in, girl. (laughs) Divine. Thanks for listening to Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. Tune in every week for new episodes. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or feedback. Our email address is triviatimepodcast at gmail.com. 
And our website is TriviaTimePodcast.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for weekly round reveals, free answers, and bonus questions. That wraps up this episode of Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. I'm your host, Kelly Sharon, and I've been joined by our quiz master, Ricky Lime. We hope you enjoyed listening and playing along. If you did, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We might even give you a shout out in a future episode. This has been a Pick and Shovel production recorded in Long Beach, California. Special thanks to Zach, Lydia, Abe, and all of our trivia buddies. Until next time, later later, taters. Spooky. Happy Taterween. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even extra crispy. No. No. Ooh, ah. We're all at a ranch. Ah. Eek. <laughs> ah. <laughs> These are chilling whores. <laughs> oh, it's still frozen. Oh, really chilling. <laughs> no. Take it all back next. You cannot go wrong with Kathy Bates, Stevie Nicks, and Sarah Paulson. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Jessica Lange. I don't think we said Jessica Lange or Angela Bassett. Queens. Yes, Queens. I would join that coven any old day. Yes. Oh, yeah. Angela Bassett. Oh, I'm leaving our Weird Sisters trio band where you guys aren't playing any instruments (laughs) and joining that other coven. Oh, so soon (laughs) i can play the spoons (laughs) can you does that count (laughs) i've got tambourine hey we got you on percussion (laughs) okay look it's coming together oh so you didn't offer up these talents when it was just me but now it's like oh jessica lang stevie nicks and you guys oh i've got some things yeah we could we could whip something out (laughs) whatever oh my god (laughs) oh my god oh dear lord while you, while you suck on this fruity gem. <laughs> Excuse me. Get it. Put that on my tombstone. Calm down, Zach. <laughs> hey, yo. Cheek to cheek. <laughs> uh, keep going. What's the next line? God. Okay. I hate it. While you suck on this fruity gem, you can wear on your finger. That really got me. <laughs>